Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We're going to continue Simen Aleph, the letter number 11 from the Holy Letters of Dvalatanya, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten with understanding. And we are going on a fascinating journey deep into the essence of enlightenment. We are learning that the essence of enlightenment is that a person has to be enlightened. His, his mind has to have clarity. And once a person has clarity of his purpose, of his mission, then the rest of his life is a purposeful life. And true enlightenment means that you have to see the concept of enlightenment very carefully also. You see, there's light and there's darkness. The words light, literally like when you turn on the light, physically, when you have darkness in the room, you can't move around. When the room is dark, when the world looks like it's dark to you, when everything seems dark, you are very heavy. Darkness is equated with heaviness with sluggishness, with death. It's a miniature form of death. When a person experiences depression, the description is there's a darkness in my soul. There's a, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. So extreme light means extreme happiness, extreme joy. Extreme clarity. Extreme light also means lightness. You, it's very easy. You're floating. You're gliding. Not just light as in the light goes on, but light as in not being heavy. The opposite of heaviness. To be able to soar. To be able to fly. So light is symbolized by expansion, by joy. When the sun comes out, when a person is experiencing a tremendous form of light, it's psychological light, spiritual light, physical light. He's in a tremendous state of expansion. He's a tremendous state of joy. When a person experiences darkness, darkness puts him in a tremendous state a fragmentation, a tremendous state of sluggishness. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know where I'm going. I'm in this room, and the room is dark. And if I go outside, all I can see is darkness. So it's extremely important to understand what we mean by the word enlightenment. Enlightenment is not a fancy word. It is a word that you must meditate on. You must understand what this means. Because enlightenment is life. It is not, it's not a story that we're talking about. Wow, there's some people, they're enlightened, and I have no connection to this. 
And what we're learning about, I cannot make this real. If you don't make this real in your life, then in a sense you have a very dark life. So when we talked about a petty life, when we talked about what the Rambam says, that a person goes through life and he lives a petty life, he's asleep, essentially we mean that he's sleepwalking. He's living in darkness. So a person has light and darkness. Light means joy. Light means life. Light means easygoingness. And when a person looks at his own mind, where does light start from? Where does he see light? Where is light? Is light in my heart? No, light is discovered in your head first. Physically, you see light with your eyes. And spiritually, psychologically, light is discovered in your mind. If you feel, if you, if you, feel you have light at the end of the tunnel, that was first discovered in your mind. In your mind, you see a mission, you see a purpose, you see a goal. You see light at the end of the tunnel. You see it with your mind's eye. So light is a discovery in your mind. Easygoingness, light as easygoingness, as wow, this is so easy, this is vacation, this is beautiful. This you discover first with your mind, then later on you incorporate into your heart. So a person might be looking at all of this and say, why do I want to learn Torah? Why do I want to spend this half an hour or this hour and discover the purpose of my life? It's much easier for me to go around and pursue my pleasures, pursue my addictions, pursue my habits. Why should I want to work on myself? But in fact, if you look very carefully, if you look into the core of enlightenment, you will see enlightenment is the only choice you have. You could either choose light or dark. What is a mind that is alive? What, what type of mind is alive? What type of mind is fresh, is youthful? A mind that's constantly worrying about my panosa, about my success, about my fulfillments, my egos, my attractions, my addictions, a mind that's habitually worried, have full of anxiety, or a mind that's light, that's fresh, that's easygoing, that sees the beauty in everything, a mind that can comprehend the depth and the purpose of everything. Everybody's mind thinks. Everybody's mind controls the whole entire body. But a mind that's enlightened, knows the secret of life, knows the purpose of his life, knows the secret, knows one point, he knows one little concept, and that concept changes the way he thinks, changes the way he processes thoughts the whole entire day, changes everything he knows. Right? Somebody's running a business for a certain amount of years and he's losing money and he meets one consultant. The guy tells him, this business, let me teach you. All you got to do is like this and like this and like that. And everything becomes light. Easy going. Everything becomes light at the end of the tunnel. All of a sudden, everything works out. And you say, where, were, where was I all this time? If I would have had you 10 years ago, I would have millions of dollars in the bank because you just taught me one little point. You gave me the light. You enlightened me. You, light, you lit up my mind and now I understand the idea. And now I could focus on all the details in my mind, all the comprehension, all the blueprint and sharing with all my employees and my, the factory and so on. This, how to do it, and everything's so much simpler. So what's a fresh mind? What's an enlightened mind? What's a youthful mind? 
A mind that's petty, that's doing things backwards, that doesn't know if it's going, that doesn't know what it's doing, that doesn't have the source, that doesn't have the nukutas achachma, doesn't have the light. Or a mind that's enlightened. So in a business, when you have the hack, when you have the system, when you know the secret of the business, when you know how to run the business, everything else is, once you're enlightened with the concept of the business, how to make it easy, everything is easier from there. So there's the portal of the mind. Where the mind runs the whole entire body. And the mind sees everything in the world. And everybody's mind is like that. And some people are smarter and some people are not as smart. But the question is, is a person's mind going to be involved in darkness, pettiness, nonsense, worry, anxiety? Is a person's mind going to get old? Or is a person going to have a fresh mind, a youthful mind, a mind that's totally alive? A mind that sees light at the end of the tunnel all the time. A mind that sees its purpose all the time. Which would you say is an enlightened mind? Which would you say is a, a mind that's alive? Which will you say is a fresh? Which will, which will you say is the one that you choose? If you had the option. Because it's extremely important to understand what the Alter Rebbe says over here. When he says, La I want to enlighten you with understanding. These are not two, two po- poetic words. This is the essence of everything he's explaining in this parak. Do you want enlightenment or you don't want enlightenment? Do you understand the difference? The difference is both people have a mind. An enlightened person and a non-enlightened person. A non-enlightened person is asleep. His mind is what the same person that's doing when he's sleeping. The person's sleeping. His mind's not functioning, he's dreaming. It's all nonsensical. Would you choose a person who's awake? Would you choose to be awake or do you want to stay asleep? Both of them have the mind. The mind's controlling the billions of atoms you have in your body when you're asleep. So why not stay asleep? No person in their right mind would want to stay asleep. Because your mind doesn't function when you're asleep. It functions on an external level, on a very outer level. But on an inner level, does the mind function? So then we wake up and we think, now we're awake. But is that really true or are we just sleepwalking? So a person that's not enlightened, a person that didn't discover the Torah, he is trapped by time, he is trapped by his mind. His mind is taking him every minute, he just has this computer that's just punching things, taking to another future, another future. As we explained that mind is the element of time, it's taking him into another place, another future. But if his mind, if the processor in his mind, if, that, if the, the mind which is the portal into the essence of his soul, the place that he has in his consciousness to go beyond time, if his mind is not involved in Torah, if he doesn't know the blueprint of his life, how will he live a life? So laskil chabina means to enlighten with understanding, to realize that it all begins in the mind. And we are explaining yesterday 
that we are to, that the Balatanya, when he talks about Laskil Chabina, what he's going into, he's going into deep, into enlightenment, what is marriage? What's an enlightened marriage? So the Kosen and Kala are standing together near each other on the moment of their chuppah, and what are they doing? Or what are we doing now when we are discovering what the chuppah is? We are having enlightenment. The Chassan and Kala, are they dancing from joy at the moment of the chuppah? No, because they are experiencing enlightenment. They are experiencing their marriage in their core. But where does it start? It starts in their mind. Their eyes are closed. And most, and most Chassan and Kalas have tears in their eyes. And there's a tremendous tension in that moment. And that moment of tension is built up by the Torah. It's built up by the way we were created. Because for many years you did not see your spouse. And before you came into this world, you and your spouse were one. But you were put in separate bodies and you did not see your spouse for many years. And now by the chuppah, you are supposed to see your whole entire life in front of you. You are supposed to see what's the mission of your life. You're coming together body and soul. But where does it start? It starts that Chos and Kala stand together and they're covered over. Both of them do not see each other. Because they're going into a space that's beyond space and time. They're going into a space that was before they were created. And that's the blessings that they're going to say. Beganeiden mikeden. That's what they're going to internalize. They're becoming one. One unit. One unit that's not a physical unit. It will express itself in a physical unit. But it's a spiritual unit. It's beyond time and space. But they have to discover this in their mind. You cannot go straight to the wedding to start dancing. So what brought Hassan and Kala together is their externalities. They showed up on the dates, they showed up on the meetings, the, the father and mother, the, the shatchins, all tried to show how beautiful they are on the outside. But at the moment of chuppah on the inside, they connect. They become one on the inside. And if at the moment of the chuppah they're enlightened, really truly enlightened, that means their mind is clear about their mission. Their mind is clear about their purpose. Then they know that they are, I take you to be the person who I'm going to love. Because it's not good to be alone. And if I'm by myself, or if I'm a Siamese twin, as Adam and Chava were originally, it's not good. There's no unity over there. We cannot discover unity. If we are not separate. We are separate and then we can discover that we're really one. And where does the Hassan and Kala discover this? They discover this in their mind. And you might be saying to yourself, I never learned this, I never knew this. And I'm married 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. And that is the exactly point of enlightenment. Enlightenment is, in our, is a moment in time. But do you see how your marriage will change? People have told me that their marriages changes since they started to learn this. Do you see how your marriage will change if you understand it? So if a chas and kala is truly enlightened in the moment of the chuppah, could you imagine how different their marriage will be? So what changes? What makes a fresh, youthful, vibrant marriage every single day of your life? It's the enlightenment that you have in your mind. So it's the way you perceive something. So if you don't perceive it, if you don't have enlightenment, if you don't focus on enlightenment, if you're not focused on your purpose, your life will be a petty life. You will have a dark life. You will have the opposite of enlightenment. You will have a heavy life person says, why shouldn't I run after my addictions? Why shouldn't I be selfish in my marriage? Did you ever, you want to see what that looks like? Do you ever want to discover what that looks like? Look around. Look around at the people who have a petty life. 
that they destroy their children's life, showing their children how they fight, showing their children how they don't have a care and love for each other. Look around at the people who live a petty life, total pettiness, nonsensical. And then look at the people who don't have one argument. They are completely putting the other spouse and they show love. What type of peace and harmony go on over there? You want to talk about sacrificing? It's so hard to sacrifice. What about myself? What am I going to get from it? Is the self real? Is it really real? Or is it a lack of enlightenment? Is it a lack of clarity of purpose? Is it a lack of clarity of the true essence of my heart? I have my mind and my heart. So I could be sitting by my chuppah and I could also be asleep. I could have not got the proper hadrach. I could have not learned the proper concepts. I could have not known all this. I could be waiting for the wedding to start. I could be completely obsessed and consumed like most people are today with what type of band is going to play and what type of dress I'm going to wear and what, what's going to look like and how much money we're spending on all this nonsense. And I could completely miss the boat of the wedding, which is what the Gemara says is the story of this world. There's the enlightened marriage, the enlightened wedding, and then there's the non-enlightened wedding. Most people, as you can see with your mind's eye, pursue a non-enlightened wedding. Busy with nonsense, limousines, massive amount of materiality. Is that bad? It's not bad because it's not serving. If it serves the purpose of the wedding, then it's very good. But if it doesn't serve, if, the, if that is the goal of the wedding, it's a missing of the boat. There will be a reactive marriage, there will be a non-enlightened marriage, there will be a dark marriage. The whole entire purpose of the externalities, the whole entire purpose of the outside is to discover the inside, to bring you in deeper to the inside. But if you celebrate the outside, and if all there is is the outside, then you are non-enlightened, then you miss the boat. So a, purpose, a person who comes to his wedding, and he realizes that the purpose of my life is to discover that me and my spouse are one. And at the moment of chuppah will be the most serious moment in my life. It will be one moment where I will sanctify a person to become one with them. Me and her. And she will be looking at him and she say, me and him. And we will become one unit. And we will discover that throughout our whole entire life. And at that moment they do true, true tshuva. Tshuva means tshuva to God. They get repented for their sins. They see the mission of their life. They see the person. I'm going to hold you in love. We are going to be, we're going to create true love. We are going to make love, but it's not going to be an external love. It's going to be an internal love. So everything external is going to reflect that externality. We're going to make love in mind, in heart, in flesh. But is the goal going to be those things? Is the goal going to be what I could get from it? Or is the goal that we could become one unit? So then after the chuppah, if they get this for real, then that is the most deepest core. I was waiting for this my whole life. And then they go into the yichud room, the room of unity where you become one. And then they come out to the marriage and they dance and they sing because that's the story of your life. You're going to incorporate this. At the moment of chuppah was enlightenment. There was no room for heart. There was no room for love. It was beyond love. It was unity. And then you're going to bring out that unity from the depth of my mind, from the depth of my heart, from the depth of the core of my soul, from where my eyes are closed to where my eyes are open. 
And I'm going to go into that room of unity. And we're, we're, going to, we're going to eat together and talk together. We're going to become one in mind and heart. And then we're going to dance together. When we dance, when the, the dancing by the wedding, what is that about? That is the story of your life. To incorporate everything that you got in one moment of enlightenment. One moment of purpose. One moment in time. That you got by your chuppah. One moment of clarity. One moment of enlightenment. That me and you are one. And we are going to do everything together to discover that. The most mundane, monotonous, material things will be consumed with this, that we are one. And that's an enlightened marriage. And that's a fresh marriage. And that's a youthful marriage. Because a person who lives like that, they live every life, every day of their life like they're in their Sheva Brachas. Because when does their seven days start? It starts from the day of their Chuppah. Their seventh day, their Shabbos, is the, shev- is the seventh day of their Sheva Brachas. And they replay their life the whole entire life. And they replay their wedding the whole entire life. But you make that real. You put on her Kalagam. You make him your Chassan. You make him your king. And you make her your queen. And then you'll become a king also. But that won't be the focus, because the focus will be unity. What am I going to get out of this? What you're going to get is unity. What you're going to get is a non-reactive marriage. What you're going to get is freshness, aliveness, unity, real love. That's what you're going to get. That's incomparable to living to a petty life. That's incomparable to being in a non-enlightened marriage, where your marriage is not clear in your mind. Your marriage is not clear in your heart. That's incomparable to trying to love for other purpose. Something else I can get out of it. Idolizing one moment in time where I can get pleasure. Or where I can get some compliment. Or to live a life where the whole unit is love. The whole unit is peace. The whole unit is, is clarity, is freshness, aliveness. Where the whole unit is what can I do for you? So there's a tremendous difference between a mind that's enlightened, a mind that knows its purpose, that for one moment in time gets serious, gets clear, gets awareness. And then after that moment, the heart could be alive with feeling, with passion, with love. And then... You can unite husband and wife in mind, in heart, in body, in flesh, in soul. You can become one unit. You can see each other as one. But a person who's not enlightened, a person who doesn't know, he doesn't take the time to focus on his life. Because he's too busy with pettiness. He doesn't take the time to, to learn Torah, to learn the mind of God, to understand the chuppah, to understand what is Matan Torah? To understand what is the unity of the Jewish people and God. To understand the marriage, the metaphor of marriage that you have with your wife. You are going to have with your wife. Which is the marriage of God with you, with the Jewish people. God being the chassan and the Jewish people being the kalim. And 613 mitzvahs, the way we connect. If you are not going to see that, you are never going to see the freshness. You are never going to see the lifeness, the newness that there is in a life of Torah mitzvahs. It's too late when you go. 
It's too late when a person is going to discover this on the last day of his life. Or when you go to a, when you go to a Leviah and they sum up a person's life in the good deeds that he did. Never talking about the petty nonsense. He was a great father, he was a great husband. He gave so much tzedakah, spent so much time with his kids. That is the only time you're alive. You're alive. The only time you're alive is when there's enlightenment. When your mind is used in the proper sense. Either your mind is light or your mind is darkness. Your mind is heavy, petty, anxiety, or your mind is enlightened. Your mind is clarity, you have purpose. It's fresh, it's youthful, it's light at the end of the tunnel. It's your choice. Are you too busy to focus on the purpose of your life? Then you continue sleepwalking. Or if you're not too busy to focus on your life, you want to discover Torah Mitzvahs, because Torah Mitzvahs is the purpose of my life. Because that's the only time I'm truly alive. So your mind is a portal. Your mind is a gateway. Your mind is a home for the Shekhinah, for your soul. And your heart is a portal. It's a home for your inner core of your soul. But you have two choices. You can leave with the externality of your mind, which is just nonsensical. It's running your body. And it's darkness. It's heavy. Or you could live an enlightened life. Where your mind is the home for magic, the home for machshav of the Eibushter, the Torah, in a home where you transcend time, where you transcend everything, where you see the purpose, where you're in a state of light, where your marriage is magical, where you go beyond time, or you could stay in time, trapped, rooted deep in one moment of an addiction, one moment of a high. And the same thing with your heart. Your heart will be unenlightened by your mind. You'll run after petty nonsense, selfishness, compliments. What could I get? One moment in time. Or you could discover what the Torah Mitzvah tells you. And then you could discover how to wake up your heart. That your heart becomes a true home for passion, for love. For love of the Abishter, love of another person. To really love without attachment, unconditionally. And then it's vibrant, then it's alive, then it's youthful. Then it's Yishkan or Hashem. Then the presence of God is dwelling there. But a, but a person have all of this if he's selfish, if he's trying to discover himself, if he's trying to hold on to something, if he wants to get something out of his marriage, if he wants to get something out of God, if he wants to get something one little tiny moment, first course he can never have, have, hold on to it. But where does this all start from? It starts from enlightenment in my mind. It starts from discovery of these things. But after we discover the enlightenment, we have to make it real. We have to take this concept of one moment in time, the one moment of my chuppah, and I have to make that my marriage, my wedding ceremony. And then I have to live with that every moment of my life. And that's Yishkun Eir Hashem.